Do you have a tricky work problem that you need to solve? I have a great podcast recommendation for you featuring a pair of expert women. Whether you're just starting your career or a seasoned professional, check out Fixable, a podcast from TED. Hosted by Harvard professor Frances Fry and her wife, leadership coach Ann Morris, the brilliant duo provide honest, actionable advice to help you navigate everything from a gaslighting manager to returning to work after parental leave. They'll leave you feeling empowered and ready to act. Listen to Fixable wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Bossed Up Podcast, episode 219. I'm your host, Emily Aries, and today I want to talk about how to handle Zoom fatigue, because as we round the corner into week four, or for some of us, week five, I don't, like, who even knows anywhere who's keeping count properly of this COVID-19-induced quarantine I feel like there's a bit of settling in happening. A lot of families and teams that I know, including myself, we're kind of finding a new rhythm to how we live and work and settling in to that new rhythm. Now, one of the elements of this new normal is an endless, steady stream of video meetings. Zoom meetings with the team every morning, FaceTiming with friends and family, conference calls with family for the first time ever. And a lot of the introverts I know are bemoaning the fact that their social calendars are somehow more jam-packed now than they've ever been. Even for unabashed extroverts like myself, just the sheer volume of video call time can be exhausting. Zoom fatigue is real. So this week, I've been collecting my favorite tips and strategies to help us all stay sane and keep this new form of online exhaustion in check. So here's 10 tips for managing Zoom fatigue. First, keep meetings brief. Long, useless meetings that could have been an email have long been a top complaint of workers these days. So let's not exacerbate this problem now that online meetings can be hosted anytime and anywhere. There's a reason so many workplaces have implemented stand-up meetings to limit overly long gatherings. So let's bring that same mindfulness to meetings now. Whether that means actually hosting a virtual stand-up meeting or just coming in with a clear agenda and designated timekeeper. Tip number two is to tune in from outside. Kirby, our marketing director last week, tuned into one of our morning team meetings from her apartment's balcony. And the sound of birds chirping outside actually caused our entire team to stop talking, take a deep breath, and just listen for a moment together. It was a beautiful moment and it was a great reminder that there's nothing wrong with taking the occasional call from outside or while on a walk. You can even download the Zoom app for your phone if you want to tune in via video chat while you're on the go. I think it's something that we should normalize. Tip number three, opt for speaker view. Part of the reason that online meetings can be so overwhelming is because your brain is being presented with just an extraordinary amount of information and stimulus all at once. When you're in an office meeting, you might only be looking at one or two or maybe three people while a conversation unfolds around a conference table. But when you're looking at a Zoom call in gallery view, and we can see into every single team member's home, including their dog running through the background or toddler being bounced on a lab or cat walking across a keyboard, 
This is just way more information than our brains are used to getting all at once. So instead, switch your settings over to speaker view to get a more focused visual experience. By just focusing visually on the person who's speaking, you'll be better able to focus your attention and keep information overwhelm in check. Tip number four, take notes on paper. I've podcasted before about the benefits of taking notes on paper instead of keeping everything virtual back on episode 171, but it's worth revisiting. There's a reason we cling to this analog form of pen to paper communication. Research shows that writing things down by hand actually activates your brain in a totally different way, increasing retention and memory and resulting in a deeper level of cognition. So while our schedules may be full of screen time, that doesn't mean you can't rely on a paper notebook or planner to keep you more rooted in reality. Tip five, avoid back-to-back calls. I hopped on a coaching call last week with a client who bemoaned the fact that she had a virtual meeting every hour on the hour for eight hours that day. I was horrified. How are you supposed to get actual work done if all you're doing is meeting with folks all day long or clients all day long? It's exhausting. And how about just keeping up with those regular administrative tasks that are required of most of us, like checking calls or your inbox. And just beyond that, we all biologically need periodic bathroom breaks and meal breaks at the very least. So this is a good time to remember that this might not be technology that's getting in our way. It might be a much more human problem, a need to set clear boundaries at work right now which I would refer you to episode 128 for even more on that front when it comes to how to set those clear boundaries with your workplace. Tip number six, keep in mind that phone calls are still an option. We still have some control over how we communicate. Video calls, while often delightful and usually are my preference, they're not the only kind of calls available to us. So Let's embrace the original use of our smartphones once again and actually use them to call people. (laughs) This is really true for our social connection in particular. I was just reminded of this this weekend because my in-laws are just not FaceTime people, even though I've always FaceTimed with my family and kind of forced them onto FaceTime (laughs) in the past. And this weekend, I was really grateful that my in-laws prefer good old-fashioned phone calls because I walked around my house. I tidied up my entire house, getting the whole place looking nice while chatting away with them the whole time. And it really actually felt good to multitask in that way when your eyes aren't involved. It's the same reason that listening to a podcast while on the go feels doable, but watching your favorite TV show while multitasking doesn't work. So embrace the power of just a good old-fashioned phone call. It is a great option. Tip seven, audit the ergonomics of your setup. A few weeks back, we hosted an online panel all about working from home without losing your work-life balance. And one of the big takeaways from our experts was this, create a designated focused space in your house for work. No working from bed or from the couch, but instead designate a corner of your living room or kitchen table to really set up space that's solely devoted to work in order to feel like you can get things done in a focused manner. Now is a good time to double check on the ergonomics of that setup. Are you constantly hunched over your laptop? Can you connect to a bigger monitor? Are you squinting to see a screen with too much light that's pouring in from behind it? 
You'll want to make sure that your eyes are level with your screen whenever possible, even if that means propping up your monitor on a stack of books or plugging in an external keyboard um, that you can get on Amazon for like 20 bucks right now. Just make sure you can sit comfortably at your desk with your feet on the ground and hands at your keyboard without straining. This is a good way to make sure your your body isn't giving you grief at the end of a workday. In fact, this weekend, we completely reorganized the home office setup at my house, giving Brad his own designated space and trying to kind of create a little separation so that we could take calls all the time independently of one another without each other resorting to sitting on the couch or taking calls from the bedroom, for instance. So it's worth revisiting how your setup is working for you and whether you can improve it. Tip number eight, give your eyes a break. No matter how stellar your home office's setup is, everyone's eyes need a break from all the screen time that we have right now. So between meetings, get up and get out if possible. Now, as I share this with you right now, I'm currently looking out my window at a spring snowstorm here in Denver. So heading outside doesn't necessarily feel like the best reprieve right now, but my eyes are begging for it anyway. Even just like looking out at a distance to feel how your eyes adjust can be a relief. Looking at screens for too long means our eyes never get that break from focusing on our near vision field. And giving them some variability on that front is really important. Doctors recommend a full 10 to 15 minute break from screen time for every two hours of work. I've personally also found that blue light blocking glasses, which I was gifted by one of our podcast sponsors, Warby Parker, can help relieve eye strain as well. Tip number nine, provide office hours if you're a manager. Part of the reason I think so many of us find ourselves pulled into near constant video meetings is because we're used to being more readily available to staff who might be more used to hands-on, minute-by-minute support and oversight. So when you're working virtually, keep in mind that just new boundaries are needed to keep us all sane. One great strategy that emerged specifically for managers on our panel the other week on best practices for managing remote teams was to make yourself available for designated office hours in the morning, midday, and then towards the end of each day. That way, if one of your direct reports is stuck and in need of your support, they don't necessarily need to schedule a specific one-on-one meeting with you to move forward. They know they can always pop into your next upcoming office hours session. I loved that tip. So want to include it here as well if it helps you cut down on the constant video meetings. Tip number 10, and this one's good for us who are listening to this on a Thursday, if you're keeping up with your Bossed Up podcasts in real time, is to take the weekend off. Last weekend was the first time in as long as I can remember that I didn't have my phone on me for the majority of Saturday and Sunday. Now, don't get me wrong. I love me some Instagram and TikTok and texting as much as anyone But there was something that made me feel like I just needed some distance from my mobile device for a change. I didn't even realize until like one o'clock in the afternoon it was still plugged in on my bedside table from the night before, which was wild. I, I just don't, I can't remember the last time that happened. And I realized now it was just this need for digital introversion. I just didn't want to handle the logistics of setting up time for another long distance friend catch up or family Zoom call. 
I don't even think I got out of my pajamas until midday. So if you find yourself just needing some of that recharge time, just give yourself permission to not schedule virtual hangouts for the weekend ahead. You know, give yourself some time to be totally unstructured about how you spend your day and just curl up with a good book or start a garden or pot a plant, try out a new recipe, pick up that instrument that's been gathering dust in the corner of your house, do something with your hands to keep you engaged with reality as you take a time out from virtual reality just for a day or two. Now, if you put these tips to use, let me know. I would love to hear about your experience. And if you've got tips that you'd add on how to manage Zoom fatigue and virtual video meeting overload, share them in the comments at bossedup.org slash episode 219. That's bossedup.org slash episode 219. I'd love to hear from you. 